Earl, you got some business you want to take care of real quick? Yeah, that's going to promote memberships and the comedy show. All right, I guess uh, I'm doing it. There uh, we go. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Earl, that was your cue, man. Yeah. Hey, I, I was, I was uh, telling Dequel, bye. Thanks nah, for that. That's the problem. Okay. We well, don't now, lie, now, Listen, baby. you said Dequel. Now, now it's your chance to shine. Let's promote some memberships. Well, see, this is not, that, that's your uh, production I, I, I'll style. I'll do it. Guess this what? Our production, <laughs> <style>. <laughs> production style is our toast to a host, and the host tells us about the uh, hey. memberships and the comedy show. So, we, McNuggets, tell we us about the promotion. For starters to your members, it's $1.99 a month, less than 2 bucks per month. It's less than 24 dollars a year you could buy a happy meal and a couple toys for yeah, more than food. that it's the best deal in town outside of the coaches tier the starters tier though does get you loyalty badges custom emojis and member only community posts for 4.99 a month it's less than five bucks a month less than 60 bucks a year makes a great birthday present christmas present valentine's day present which is coming up i know your wifey out there wants a membership to uh, the coaches tier perks here you get the overtime videos member shout outs discount codes for merch at cleveland clothing company we also Send out some text blasts following Cavs games or anything big going on through Haymarket. So that is available for $4.99 a month. Uh, we got more things coming in the starters tier, member. And then also February 8th, guys, as you guys know, Anthony and I have to do comedy. Anthony made us a poster, and it's going to be about as bad as that poster. We're going to be <laughs> terrible. That, Anthony, it looks like the chicken nugget has fire wings coming out of it, which I'm not sure if I love or hate. You guys I think see it's that? great. I like it. That but poster the, fire, you know it's fire. The chicken nugget looks like it has, it's a dragon with fire wings. Do you see that? Yeah, it's all right. I didn't even know it was a, uh, uh, what a, is it? A, a nugget. It's, like, it's, it it's a chicken a, nugget in the middle. Is it? <laughs> we, had, we, we introduced it last week on Fence Riders. It's now a nugget. We'll, I, I assume it's back this week. It is back this week. Yeah, the nugget's the, the back. The nugget is now I, back I, for I, all I'm Fence Rider okay. questions. We're also, by the way, we're going to do Fence Riders with the, I'm making this executive decision now that you guys have, you, the people of UCSS, have to hold me accountable for so I don't forget. DeQuell's going to do fence wires with us next week. All right. He's never done it. We're going to have DeQuell do fence wires with us. Real quick. Uh, overtime today, we're going to talk about Kobe Bryant's legacy. Yes. If you missed overtime yesterday, yes. you truly, truly, truly I can't believe we're back the on the air. I thought I we were. I cannot believe we were all here today. I thought they were pulling our licenses after after yesterday. That we, was... we pulled back the curtain a little too far. We probably showed a little too much. I'm we pulled down the curtain and yeah. burned down the stage. Yeah, that, that got out of hand. Uh <laughs> Let's just say I never want to see topics like no that again. There were about. there were words and phrases and sentences uttered oh, that I never thought oh, would be. We, we put George Carlin's uh, seven words you can't say on oh my the test. Let's just let's just put it in that room. Glad so. I didn't have to show him. I had the hood over the head by the end oh of the show. God. Oh, Eddie! The- shout out Eddie who sent us a screenshot of you, and he wants to make sweaty pet sweat sweaty pitch Jason. Sweat? Oh, did I have sweaty pitch yesterday? Oh yeah, you want to see the picture real quick? No, no, no that's okay. I was nervous. Listen, all you guys. Hey, Mike, remember the Kermit memes from oh a couple years God, ago? That's awful. <laughs> that is awful. Damn, Jason. Deodorant, my friend. I got the uh, Kermit the Frog memes from a couple years ago. With the T? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Jason had that hood on his head, that's what it, I was oh, thinking. Oh, dark, dark Kermit. Dark, dark Kermit. Kermit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's good. Oh, that's good. Man. All right. Earl, it's your first time. I'm good to today. I'm clean today. No, he's got a sweatshirt on today. He's golden. Plus, right. we're not talking about what we talked about yesterday, which got a little, you know, could make a man sweat. So, yeah. I'm leaving it at that. Earl, you ready to take us through first fence riders wait, for the first wait, time? Wait, It's not my first time riding the fence. I don't even <laughs> It's my first time doing fence riders. You That's know, what I said. You said riding the fence. Me and Anthony looked at each other oh, like, that was borderline right my, there. Well, if you, got, if you think it needs to be added to the list, you can add it to the list. That's up to you. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure it qualifies. The list, by the way, you guys will find out at the end of the year what the list is. You'll understand. Oh, my goodness. Until then, Earl, let's play a little game here, bro. Let's play a game. All right, fence riders, question number one. 
There's only one unanimous one, by the way. Will Jamar Chase have more receiving yards than Travis Kelsey? The answers? The answer is? Split. Oh, look at the two that said no. Well, the Bengals have a lot more high-end options than Kansas City does. In a game like this, you're going to go to what you know and what you trust. And I just think, you know, T. Higgins is going to eat into Jamar Chase a little bit. Tyler Boyd will eat into Jamar Chase. Listen, I got burned on a Jamar Chase bet of nine catches, 85 yards. He had nine catches, 84 yards. I think Kelsey goes over 100 in this game. And also, Chase is probably around 80, 90 again. Kelsey had 14 receptions last game. Right. which set a new playoff record for so receptions in a single game. If Mahomes isn't 100% healthy, they're going to throw a bunch of quick passes That's to Kelsey. That's exactly it. And if Chad Henney comes in, we saw Chad Henney, four of his six attempts – went to Kelsey. Kelsey. He's going to get the targets out the wazoo. You can try and quadruple team Kelsey. He's still going to find a way to get the rock. And I just think they're going to feed him, knowing Mahomes is limited, can't scramble around. Chase is always a good option. It's hard to go against Chase, Jamar Chase. Chase, Chase can blow the top off in one play. One top. One that, play. That, that, the that's a scary off. factor. He could mm -hmm. have one catch for 90 yards. Mm -hmm. Kelsey had 14 for 87. That, that could be the difference. Mm -hmm. But give me the guy with volume over the guy with big play potential. Earl, yeah. what do you think on this one, by the way? Oh, man, that's tough. I'm going Jamar Chase. J like, Jamar Chase is a gamer. Dude dude is like one of those X-Factor type dudes that no matter what, what's going on, what the situation is, he going to get his. And uh, he's clearly shown he's not afraid of the big moment. He's killed Kansas City all three games that they played in the, in the past. Yeah. I think he's going to continue that. Joe Burrow has two, by the way. And we're going to get to Burrow in a sec here. But those Mahomes-Burrow comparison numbers, it's a tough pill to swallow when you're making the case for who's the best quarterback in football. So... All right, we're on number Big two. Big facts, question number two. Let's do it. Will the Kansas City Chiefs sack Joe Burrow three or more times on Sunday? And the answer is? I thought I'd be the lone nugget here. <laughs> the lone the spicy lone nugget. nugget. Explain yourself, nugget. Okay, so last week the Bengals' offensive line started three backups, and they played phenomenal against Buffalo, taking yeah. nothing away from their performance. Two weeks ago, Adam the Bull said he'd rather have Ken Carmen at left tackle than Jackson Carmen. <laughs> and guess what? He was right. But Jackson Carmen came back, redeemed himself. However, however, the Chiefs defensive line and the Bills defensive line minus Von Miller are two completely separate beasts. On the inside, you have Chris Jones, who's one of the yeah. three finalists for defensive player of the year. 15 and a half sacks. Do you know Frank Clark is third all-time in playoff sacks? In the I history of football, wow. third all-time in playoff sacks. And I do think Burrow's going to run around, extend plays. That leads, as we saw with Watson, sometimes that can get you in trouble. Yeah. I don't think three sacks is crazy. I'm not surprised the majority of you guys went no, considering he only took one sack against Buffalo. That offensive line's coming off his best performance of the year. But I do think we are talking about a Chiefs defensive line, which is here, not in snow, versus Buffalo Bills defensive line, which without snow is here, in snow is down a step. And we're talking again about, once again, Chris Jones, arguably the best interior pass rusher in football, and Frank Clark, who always steps up in the postseason going against multiple backups for the Bengals. I wanted to go against the grain here. I think they're going to get three sacks. This question made me pause. Like, I, I, it took me a minute. I, it wasn't an easy one, but three is a pretty big number. Um, See, I felt two was too low. Probably. For, two I, and a half is the over-under yeah. when, when you write it like that. So, yeah. that was the thought process. And, and I, I totally agree with what you said. The, Bengal, the Bengals' offensive line was awful two weeks ago, mm -hmm. and it was significantly better last week. So, what's the reality? Probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I just – this was close. This was close for me, but so I took the under. I don't think they're going to take uh, – I, I went no, obviously, and then I don't think they're going to get three sacks on them because now you, you're in a game where people – you're one game away from hitting pay dirt here, yeah. right? 
So I think everybody ups their game. You only get, you're talking about 60 minutes of action. 60, right? If I can't hold the fort down for 60 minutes, and you're not even playing the full 60. If, at best, you're playing 30. 32 minutes. Yeah. yeah. At best, right? So I think everybody picks up their game. And they hold it tight for Burrow because I got Cincinnati taking Kansas City down in Kansas City. We're gonna we're gonna give picks tomorrow. Save that. But Brad, don't you think at the same time, while what you said is correct, we could see Burrow try to extend plays a bit, get out of the pocket, look for that home run play, especially if it's close. Which, as we saw with Watson, could lead to a guy run to a coverage sack, because the the Chiefs secondary it's not great. They did a pretty damn good job locking up some of these receivers well, yeah, at the th- end of the season. Yeah, but I don't think they've seen Chase Higgins. They haven't. <laughs> they it's, haven't it's seen that. It's not apples to apples. They bro. haven't seen that, right? So, and then here, you you leaving one person out. Mason. Hurst is a player. Hurst, the tight end, is a player. Hayden Hurst, Hayden yeah. Hurst. He's yeah. a player. He's and you got mixing out the backfield. Hurst was a first-round pick. It's a problem. I'm also counting on, I guess, Burrow getting rid of it. Quick. He instead does. Of, and, yeah. Well, no, just even on plays, if it's not there, trying to extend it and then just – Dumping it, dirt and yeah. getting rid of it. I think y'all keeping uh, y'all forgetting Tyler Boyd as well. He's yeah. killed Boys Cincinnati in all three games as well. Well, well let me throw you a curveball. Remember when the Bengals played the Browns that second game and they did the reverse pass to Chase and then mm-hmm. he got tackled by Garrett. It counted as a sack for Garrett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they get two real sacks and one cheap <laughs> fake, fake play sack. I don't know. I'll be the lone nugget on the top of the fence. Yeah. King McNugget. It is what it is, fellas. It is what it is. Oh, right, we're gonna move on to question number three. This one's unanimous. This was the one unanimous. Is Joe Burrow? Better than Patrick Mahomes. I tried making bull bite so bad. I, I thought bull was yeah, going to bite. No, this one was easy. Nah. Okay. Let no me, explanation let needed. Me, let, let me ask this, though. No. If Burrow beats no. Kansas City, that wouldn't change your mind no, at all. would not change your Brad, mind Brad, would, would you even consider? Because I'm with you. I, I don't think yet at this point Burrow is at that. It, it's Mahomes. Yeah. It's Burrow. Then it's a drop off to everyone else. If this game does go Cincinnati's favor, Burrow balls out. Mahomes, I don't want to say he gets a pass, but he. The dude is hurt, clearly. Yeah, he's hurt. Would it change your opinion if this game goes that way? No, but I and the, you have to take the injury into account. But I do think I clumsily tried asking Chris Rose this, and it came out wrong. But if Cincinnati wins this game, I think there's going to be a lot of questions about Kansas City and just the fact that, like, the expectations were so high with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. If they yet again fail to get to the Super Bowl, I, it's it's failed expectations. And, yeah. and it oh. may be unfair because the AFC is so good. But, I mean, I thought Kansas City had multiple Super Bowl rings by now when, when the way that these guys exploded onto the scene. So, I, I mean, Mahomes is, be, it, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. It's, it's, he's in a tier by himself. But Burrow is emerging. Like, I, I thought Josh Allen was the second best, and I, no, I don't think I, that anymore. No, no, no. Burrow's uh, too well, yeah. here, is it, by far, Mahomes is a better quarterback than Burrow. I don't know right. if I'd say by far. By far. By, by, far. No, by far. By far. By far. By far. And that's not that's no slide against Burrow. No, it's fair. Cause I like Burrow. Fair. There's no slide against Burrow. Would you agree they're one and two? No, is, yeah, there's no question they're one, one and okay. two. But the, okay. the other the other thing is this, you know, and you, to your point about Super Bowls, that's on paper. You have to play the game here, right? And the only d- decisions are made about who's going anywhere is going to be decided in that box. That's where it's going to be in the 60 minutes of that box. That's where it is, right? I don't care what the papers say, the stats say. It's 60. When you get to the door, when you get to the front door and you got a knock to come in, it's about who's got the willpower for those 60 minutes to get you through, right? And that don't mean you're the best team. The, you were best in those 60 minutes to get on by, right? And that's what this is going to come down. This is going to be a game this weekend. It is. Yes, this is going to be a game this weekend. It have absolutely going to be a game. Have you guys seen how the lines change? It's crazy. It started with Kansas City favored. 
They don't want as much as one and a half Cincinnati favored. Now this morning, Kansas City's favored again. Is it really? Yeah, by one point. Wow. So it has swung back and Wildly. forth, back and forth. Uh, let me ask you guys this question before we move to the next one. Do you think there's a closer gap between one and two Mahomes to Burrow than there is to two and three Burrow to Allen? Or which gap is closer? Two to three. Two to three is closer. Patrick Mahomes is in a class by himself. Okay. And there's no one else knocking on that door. I think you can still have a debate over who do you like better, Burrow or Allen. But there's no debate to me who's number one. I think the closest one between Burrow and Mahomes, right? I think that he's Mahomes by far. But I'm saying the gap between Burrow and Allen, because it's, it's a mountain because Allen has fallen to the point now where he's starting to disappoint people, right? Yeah. He's becoming, I won't say Dak Prescott. Oh, but, Lord. Now, I'm no. not saying that, but I'm saying the level of disappointment out of Buffalo now is like, oh, there's, I because think, you were sitting here thinking that this was the ticket. We're one. ready to go yeah. here. I mean, I, I thought Buffalo's won the Super Bowl this year, but I think there is some recency bias to the fact that they just lost. I would still take Josh Allen on my team like that. Oh, no, like no, we're that. not saying that. Come on now. But I, I'm just saying. Mahomes is the class of, of quarterback play. He can do things physically that Joe Burrow can't do. Facts. He can make plays that no one else in the league can the do. The one thing that Burrow does, he just wins. He just wins. I, I got a question out. for all three of y'all. Shoot, and then, I, and then I got one more Burrow one, then we'll move on. What's up? The gap two to three. Is three definitely Allen, though? Oh, there's no question. Who going, I, who, who's jumping over I mean, him? I guess you can make the case for Herbert, I guess. Oh, no, you can't. But no, you can't. I, I, I think Allen. No, you can't. Yeah, I think Allen's. No, you can't. No, those, no. Are, those are the He's three. He's solidly in three. Who would you put? Now, it was just a question. Uh, oh, okay. I'm just thinking about this past year. Brock Purdy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> never. <laughs> well, I mean, Jay would put Baker. Dak. <laughs> Jay would Sorry, definitely Jay. put Baker. Jalen Hurts. Is that what we do? I mean, but Hurt, like, based on this year's play, Hurts is in that top three, four. I mean, no, no. maybe top two. I mean, he's having a great on, season. No, I'm, I'm saying based on just this year alone. No, no, no. He's having a great season. He's not them three. Let's not let's not kid ourselves here. Well, he's going to so. finish second in the MVP vote. I don't care about that. He's not those three. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm saying just if you take this season in a You can look at this season and put it in a package and wrap it up with a bow. He's still not them three. Hurts had a great year. <laughs> those three I, are different. I'd still take Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen. Those three are different. I, I would, too. I, I was any, just saying. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm not hating on, uh, on Jalen. Yeah, he's just, those three are different. Uh, I, listen, I, I was just saying based on I'm this a, one season. I'm hoping my guy here in Cleveland returns to form here, yeah. right? Because if he returns to form, he's, he's in, in the, the conversation. conversation. Yep. Uh, last thing with Burrow before we move on. Do you see more Tom Brady or Peyton Manning in Joe Burrow? Brady. I see more Brady because he's not. See, I, 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 I want to explain this right. Because I, I have a different thought, but I want to hear yours first, and I'll, I'll rebuke. Joe just wins like Tom. Like, Joe just figures it out. Yeah. He's not the most physically gifted guy. <laughs> He's not imposing when you look at him. Um, I, I think Peyton processed the game at a different speed and a different level than anybody else, including Brady. He just saw it differently, and he could make throws that I think Brady doesn't make, mm -hmm. frankly. But, but Tom just knew how to win, and he knew how to put guys in position to win. That's what I see out of Burrow. I wouldn't say... Uh, Brady or Manning. You know who I would care, co uh, compare uh, Burrow to? If you say Michael Jordan, Brad, I'm getting Oh, no, no. I I'm, we, I'm, <laughs> saying, I'm saying football. Montana. Oh, I'm too young for that, but okay. Montana. Tell, tell me why. But Cause, he's cause, in that same Because Montana, Montana knew how to – he wasn't the most gifted guy. Right. But he knew how to win. And every team he was on, they figured a way to win. He does. And with less people, because remember when he left San Francisco, Jason? 
Went and to Kansas, Kansas City. City, and yeah. they were like, Kansas City, and, and they Kansas, won there. They, can, they won in Kansas City. Did he won yeah. a title in Kansas City. No, no, but he had them. He they were the damn playoffs. good. Yeah, they were damn yeah. good, right? But he's an and and I, I pause to compare Burrow to Brady because Brady's the best yeah. to ever do yeah. it, and yeah. I'm not saying Burrow is that. Just shades of shades of just the way that they just figure out a way to win. When I watch Burrow, it is to me, it's athletic Peyton Manning. It is the cerebralness of Peyton Manning combined with the average athleticism of a modern-day quarterback. Yeah, that's and what Peyton Mon- was, that's what Montana was. The, and, and maybe that is exactly what Joe Montana mm-hmm. was, and that's a better comparison. I just you too young. You too young to remember Montana. And they had the same nickname, Joe Cool. Joe yeah, Cool, yeah. yeah. And Montana I've heard was. On, go ahead, Earl. I've heard on several occasions that Joe Burrow is more like Peyton Manning, but Josh Allen is more like Philip Rivers. Yeah, Josh Allen's the modern-day Philip Rivers in that sense. If if you're gonna say. It's I, Mahomes, Burrow, and then drop off. Rivers was always three in that. that play yeah, game. I think it's too early because Rivers to me is a guy who never really quite met what well, he could have been. Yeah, yeah, what he could have been. I, Allen right now to me is Dan Marino, actually. Yeah, that's a, that's a better yeah, comparison. I think Allen's Dan Marino. But it's he's still so early and young. In his career, they haven't met expectations at this point. He's, he's only twenty-five or seven. Allen's young too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's yeah. got a lot ne- of football. Never Reno could sling that ball. Yes, he could. Yes, he could. All right, Earl, you ready to go to All the NFC? Question number four: Will Christian McCaffrey have more rushing touchdowns than Jalen Hurts on Sunday? And the answer is: This was another split one. Split. Oh. Jason, you want to go first and me and Brad will defend ourselves? I didn't really have a strong opinion on this one or the other. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't remember how I answered it. <laughs> I, I kind of pulled a G. I was waiting for it to go up because uh, I didn't know. Uh, I, I think I think McCaffrey gets in once. I don't think Jalen scores. Fair enough. Brad? I, I, I said no because uh, Jalen Hurts is going to score, right? I, anything close. I, if you saw it last week, right? Yep. I thought they were going to throw the ball. He's like, I ain't throwing the ball. I'm going to beat you to the corner. Yep. And could nobody catch him? Nobody, right? That's the fear when you get around in the red zone with Jalen Hurts because he'll peel out on you. And he doesn't look like he's moving that fast. But he's moving. But he's moving. He's moving, moving. And I, so when I saw them linebackers and, and, and the DBs couldn't catch up to him, I was like, oh, he's really moving, right? And when they're in the red zone, Brad, Brad hit it on the head here. Jalen Hurts is option one, two, and three in yeah, the red yeah. zone. And it's his legs, his legs, and then it's his legs with a pass option. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do think when they get to the red zone, which we're going to get to how high we think this game is going to be scoring-wise in a sec, um, I particularly don't think it will be very high, not to give away my answer for question number six. But when they get down there, those opportunities are going to be crucial. They're yeah. going to go to what they do best, and I think that's Jalen Hurts running the ball with ten guys blocking. So I think it's two to one. I think McCaffrey does find the end zone. I think Hurts scores twice. All right, we're going to move on to question number five. Will Brock Purdy throw more throw for more yards than Jalen Hurts on Sunday? The answer is. <laughs> Should I start? Yeah. All right, Nugget, yeah, defend yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, you so go. just like I said, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, a very low-scoring game, yeah. and I think the Eagles are going to run the ball a lot with Hurts. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Hurts has 15 to 20 carries in this game. Oh, I think it's too many. I think it's high. I think it's going to be 15 to 20 carries. On the flip side with Purdy, they're going to establish the run. They're going to do a bunch of quick passes, and no team in the league is better at yards after the catch than San Francisco. I'm not saying in air yards he's going to throw the ball deep, but I think we could see Debo. I think McCaffrey, Kittle, catch and run, run, Brandon Ayuk. They have weapons galore. They did a phenomenal job putting together this roster where they have weapons who 
At one point, Ayuk was in Shanahan's doghouse. Now the dude's a legit number two receiver in football. Debo Samuel, wide back McCaffrey. They're so versatile that I think, you know, neither quarterback throws for a ton of yards. But give me Purdy with two or three medium-length passes that go for big gains over Hurts. So I think he's going to kind of dink and dunk his way down the field for the majority of the, the contest. You're crazy. I'm, I'm excited that these two teams are in the NFC title game because I, I thought all year long they were the two best in the NFC, yeah. and you don't always get that. So I, I'm just glad that this is the matchup. These are the four get. best teams in football, by the way. I, I think for very rare. I'm still salty about Buffalo because I, I thought it would be Buffalo. Fair. Buffalo KC. In Their this. defense just wasn't as good down the stretch. Um, like it did fall off. But in terms of this question, I, I, I'm just not a, a Brock Purdy guy. I, I think that he's I, – I, and this is why – Go back to the question we had last week. Who do you have the most faith in? It, to me, it was Kyle Shanahan. I, I think he's the best-minded football yeah. right now, frankly. And he just puts his guys in position to win. And and so I, I think Purdy's success is a credit to Shanahan. I like the weapons that Jalen has to throw to. I agree with you. I don't think either one of these guys – no one's throwing for 300 yards in this game. Uh, 200 to 220 might actually be the, number. the right answer. The cap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The Sean Watson games. And I'll take I'll take Jalen Hurts over Purdy in the Sean Watson twenty twenty two. This this modern day okay. version that we've seen this 2022. year. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was done for three fifty a game in twenty nineteen. Yeah, the whole thing. I said twenty twenty two. Brady. Mike, I got a question. Shoot. Why do you feel like uh Philly don't have weapons? Oh, they have they have weapons galore. Well, well hear me out. You said he's gonna run the ball fifteen to twenty times, but he got two wide receivers and went over a thousand yards. They run a ton of RPOs. And I think with the defensive interior tackles with Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, like that defensive line stuffs the run. They're the number one run-stop team in the league, which means on all those RPOs, I think it's going to be fake to the running back, keeping himself scrambled. I think it's going to be more Miles Sanders, more Gainwell. I think it's going to be split up probably about 12-12, maybe 7 for Hertz. But did you the see the, Cow- did you see the Cowboys trying to run on the Niners this weekend, Earl? Zeke average I mean, like, they're one point, try it. like 1.8 yards per carry. I, I think it's really tough to run in the interior there. This is why we're going to see though. the outside. The defense is strong. The front seven is strong, but their, their weakness is their secondary. And you got yeah. two wide receivers that can take the top off. Yeah. Physical dude. So, I don't know. I don't see, I don't see Purdy out-dueling out Jalen Hurts. I, I, right. I'm going with like 217 for Purdy, 209 for Hurts. Like it, I don't think Purdy cracks 200. I'm with Jason. I don't think he hey, cracked 175, 180. I'm only wrong one day. And a they week. could win. Sometimes with, it's Thursday. They so. could win with Purdy 175, 180. Yeah. Easy this game. But I don't think I don't think Purdy cracks 200. And that leads us right to our last question, right, Earl? Question number six: Will winning the team, will the winning team in this game score more than 23 points? Yes or no? You guys know how I'm leaning on this one. Me and G said no. You guys start. I'll tell you why you're wrong. But you guys. Start. Well, this was really this was the one I struggled with the most because I think. 24 probably wins it. If you just said 24, I'd said no. Like literally at one point, I think that 23-24 window, this is this is an easy under game for me. The AFC game's an over. This is an under. These are two really good defenses, and I could easily see 23-20, 24-21 being the win. What's the over under line? 46. Yeah, I like the under too. I think this is 40. I think the NFC is 46 and the AFC is 48 and a half. I'll look it up, Brad, while you I go. Think. See, I think. I never check the line, right? I always see what my eyes tell me. I, I, I just see I see more than 23 points being scored here. I just do. I just, I feel like there are enough weapons on both sides of the ball, right, that you can, you can get it going, right? And I think that uh, both quarterbacks have done a marvelous job in getting their crews together. 
the weapons that are being deployed here are, are uh, uh, at such a level plan, at such a peak level that it makes it hard on everybody to say that not one of the guys is producing. Mm -hmm. So at any point, the thing could go sideways, right? Mm -hmm. More than sideways, right? So I think there's a chance. Yeah, I look at the San Francisco defense, which allowed, did it allow a touchdown in the second half to Seattle, or was it a complete shutout? They gave a garbage time touchdown late, right? Was I don't it remember. Seven points? Well, I think it was seven points. They allowed 12 to Dallas, who missed some opportunities to score. But either way, their defense is playing elite. I think 19 points total, either 12 or 19. It's even better if it's 12. Over the last three halves of defense, the Giants' offense was despicable against the Eagles on Saturday yeah. night. But their defense, that's not taking away from their defense. Their defense was phenomenal. They had four guys. Philly had four guys this year with double-digit sacks. It's crazy. Four different players with double-digit sacks, and the Browns had – one, One guy with more than four sacks this year. Yeah. So you look at the discrepancy there. Both teams can get pressure on the quarterback. Both teams fly to the ball. And I know Earl just mentioned the weakness of the Niners' defense being their secondary. Well, the secondary is good. It's just that their front seven is elite. So I think it's going to be a lot of tough points to come by. And I do think I'm not going to get my pick till tomorrow. I think the final score of this game is like 20 to 16. Something ugly it's, like it that. It usually could be. Something ugly yeah. like that. And the mm -hmm. over-under is 46 and a half. I just placed a bet on that. <laughs> just being honest, I, I did it. Ooh, While Brad was going, I just put, you a little, boys. put a little bet on that. So. You boys. I think I might follow your lead on that one. Uh, listen, if we all agree on something, it never happens. So someone has to take the over. I got a, I got a Bengals over parlay with uh, Niners under. under. You like the over-under doubles. It's, it's great odds. It's I mean, yet to hit, so I don't know yeah, <laughs> why, hey. why I like it. I've yet to pull one off. <laughs> Uh, Earl, how'd your first uh, No Friends Riders go? You did a good job. It was a it was a challenge, but we hung in there. We got through it. Director Steve coached me up. It's the toughest. Uh, it's the toughest segment from that side of the booth that we do. My co-producer, you know, he gave me some notes to go go over. You know, so this is this is what we want to see from the Browns coaching staff. Yes, you collaboration know, in the success. moment. Collaboration, coaching, getting this thing in the right direction. Halftime adjustment. That's what Jim Schwartz is best at. And speaking of adjustments, Earl. We came in this morning with a different plan for something to do at 12:30. You suggested a better idea than my original idea. You want to lead us into this next topic? Yeah, man. So, unfortunately, today is the third anniversary of Kobe Bryant's uh, sudden tragic passing. Yeah. And all of us in here, minus director Steve, is probably huge Kobe Bryant fans in our own way. So I thought it'd be cool to kind of like honor the Mamba, the legend share some of our uh, favorite Kobe memories. I'm um, interested to see what Brad and uh, Jason have to say from, you know, covering, watching, and just spending time with him. I'll let you go first. Oh, you go first. I don't – I never oh, got gentlemen. to know him well, unfortunately. I had a few limited meetings, interactions with him, but I wish I could give you a great Kobe story. I don't have one. Um, the – his last trip to Cleveland – was memorable for me just in the way that he commanded the room. He did a, a pregame, like a formal pregame sit down with everyone with us. And just his reflections on LeBron and Kyrie, obviously was, that was in the height of the Cavs championship window and how he said, like, you need an agitator. You need someone who will disrupt the room at times. And he's like, hey, LeBron, like it's, he said, it's, it's gotta be Kyrie. And watching that, just how much Kyrie idolized Kobe. And early on at Team USA, their Olympic camp, the, there was a, a, a great clip that oh, yeah, too. of, of yeah. Kyrie saying of, of they wanted to play one-on-one. -on -one. 
And Kobe's like, you're crazy. You can't beat me. And Kyrie's like, you have to guard me. You don't understand. You would have to guard me. Like, you actually got to play defense for once, Kobe. And, and watching these guys go back and forth. Um, so, obviously, just a tremendous talent, a terrific player, someone I absolutely loved watching. Uh, LeBron said one of his greatest regrets of his career is never playing in the finals against yeah. Kobe. He, they had two chances, and the Cavs didn't get there, and they missed. In 08, they lost to Boston. Uh, and in 10, I think, didn't Lakers go oh, to the Lakers. finals in 10? And, and the Cavs didn't get there. And so that's, you know, we never got that great uh, Jordan Bird type matchup with Kobe and LeBron um, in, a, in a finals, unfortunately. And, and that's on the list of LeBron's regrets in his career. He doesn't, he's not going to have many, but that's going to be one of them. Right. Well, I here like Jason, I didn't, I mean, Kobe's much younger than I, but I'm living through guys that played with him and, and hearing the stories. Uh, the one thing I can say about him, he was a tremendous competitor, mm-hmm. just a tremendous com- competitor. And you could see it come across in any highlight they put together. I mean, he was there. He was, he was here. You hear, you hear the term is he was there for the smoke. Yes, mm-hmm. he was. Wasn't he wanted moment. it all. He wanted all the smoke, right? And so that is a rarity these days that people want all the smoke. So unless you're Shannon Sharp. <laughs> Shannon went all the smoke, right? So, in this, you set up here. What I appreciate about Kobe Bryant is his competitiveness and his understanding of the knowledge of the, and the history of this game and what it really meant to be a ball player. I mean, so not just being on the floor, but understanding the pieces and parts that made this league great. He understood that. He came from great lineage. I, I grew up in a time when the Sixers were were the team when Dr. J and George McGinnis and his father Jelly Bean was on on a Sixer team with World Be Free and all them, and I remember that, right? And so he came up in a basketball hierarchy that understood what it meant to be old school and play old school, Mm -hmm. right? And just understand what it meant, the legacy of carrying this game on. And then when he retired, that's what I I really appreciate him about, because I'm a man with daughters. Mm. Yeah. He took an affinity into women's basketball. Yep. Yep. And not just an affinity to watching it, being a part of it, trying to make it grow, starting out with young kids, developing young young girl basketball players and trying to be in an impact on that and transitioning from the men's side, he was he was slowly transitioning to the women's yes. side. Yeah. Which is this which is part of why the game is what it is today. I, I was at the gym the other day, I told somebody the other day, I said this. They're like, you watching Ohio State? I said, I probably couldn't even tell you really who's on the men's team. I watch more on women's basketball than I do men's basketball now because it is em- uh, emblematic of the game I knew. The women today play the game I knew because it's pure. They play it for the right reasons. It's less athletic, but the fundamental-wise and competitive-wise is that. And Kobe Bryant was strictly in tune with that. Was he the closest thing to MJ that you have seen? I mean, you saw MJ up close and personal more than any, really yeah. anyone ever. So was Kobe the closest thing you've seen to MJ in that regard? Uh, I would say yes. I would say uh, he didn't have all the athletic skills of, of MJ. He had a lot, but he didn't have all of them. But he had the competitive fire of MJ. Okay. That, is, that is the separator for me. Right, you can have all the talent, all the tools, but when I tell you, because MJ wanted all the smoke, yeah, right, he did. Kobe Bryant wanted all the smoke, and I, I sometimes I sit back and watch some of the others, and I'm like, do you really want the smoke, or you want it on occasions? There's a difference. So that's my separator to your question. Yeah, you know, I grew up in, an, I grew up in the Kobe era. 
I mean, Kobe was around, and so was LeBron, mm -hmm. since I remember watching basketball. And on top of the fact that he was one of the five to ten best players I've ever seen, top five, ten, fifteen, the greatest of all time, however your list is, you can rank them. In your order, there's no definitive debate on that. Two things stand out about Kobe to me. A, the fact that Mamba mentality is now a common phrase mm -hmm. in every situation, not just in the sports world. Mm -hmm. We go upstairs and work, and Earl said it this morning. Earl goes, I wake up every day with Mamba mentality. Like, I'm attacking every day like it's my last, and I'm going to make the absolute best out of the situation. And we were talking about producing and making graphics that day. And he's like, I got the Mamba mentality to make this the best graphic humanly possible. Mm -hmm. That translates to the business world. I've been in jobs outside of here. At, at a, I worked at a restaurant back in New Jersey, and our boss used to be like, Mamba mentality today, Mike, like Mamba mentality. And I'm like, you hate sports. He was like director Steve. I'm like, you don't like sports. He goes, but I love Kobe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He transcended that. Yeah. And then as a generational, not pop icon, but just iconic figure, I don't know if, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if any other player in any sport has the cachet Kobe did, where you take a shot, crumpling piece of paper, take, we do the water bottles, you guys still say, Kobe? Yeah. Like, there's no one out here being like, Michael or Giannis. Like, maybe Tyvis. Maybe Tyvis is the one dude yelling, yelling Giannis. And he's probably bricking <laughs> it if it's a free throw. But, like, Kobe <laughs> has transcended every generation with that. And there have been one-name players in the past. You know, Michael, Kareem, Magic, Lat Like, Kobe's Kobe. There will never be another Kobe in that sense again. And the way he transitioned, not just to champion women's basketball, he won a freaking Academy Award for a short film. Yeah. Yeah. He was going to yeah. be the best at whatever he did yeah. because yeah. that true Mamba mentality translated from the basketball court to everything he did in his life. He was going to be the best champion for women's sports, women's mm -hmm. basketball possible. He, hell, he might have. He had 18 All Star games. He might have had 25 Academy Awards. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past Kobe, and he was an elite player on the court. He for all intents and purposes, seemed like an elite father off the court. Mm -hmm. And when you combine those two together, you get an icon that, you know, will last a time, you know, last the legacy of time forever. Do you guys remember where you were three years ago today? I exactly know where I was. Uh, Me too. Che Cheyenne was, uh, we were on a recruiting trip to Maryland, and uh, they were playing Northwestern <laughs> at, at Maryland. I'm sitting in the college park, and then my phone rings. It's my daughter that was living in Kentucky, and she said, did you hear what happened? I said, what do you mean? This is during the game. Okay. And so I said, what are you talking about? She said, Kobe Bryant just died. I said, what do you mean Kobe Bryant just died? This is during the game. Mm -hmm. And she, she going to, went ahead and started to tell me what happened. And then what I watched was this. I'm stunned, mm -hmm. but I'm now watching it starting to seep around the arena. Because they had everyone a, slowly you, so you're fully yeah. hearing this thing come people are talk. I mean, it was like you, you ever seen a wave at a rain and go around. And around? Yeah. That's what happened. And Maryland had a nice crowd that night. And, and one person sees and, it then the next. person. And then sees it was it. like, that's when the buzz hit. And then they were like, then it I don't think the people really became stunned to the end. They were like, is this for real? Yeah, right. That's what happened. So I know exactly where I was. Do you remember where you were? I was home. Uh, we were in our, our old house at the time, and I think I was in my office, and it was one of those, you don't think it's real. And when I saw his TMZ, I'm like, no, they're never wrong. They got p people they pay yeah. to tell them this stuff. Like, it's real. And just the, the shock of mm -hmm. just, just numb, stunning shock that you, I mean, you never, ever, ever think Kobe's going to die. No. Yeah. Especially in, in the way it happened yeah. at the timing, like the timing of it all. And how, and how often we talked about, we made reference to the helicopter and 
poked fun at it and, and what a cool life to have a helicopter yeah. and a helipad to get you where you want to go and it's it's a life that i i cannot relate to and then for that to be what killed him in the end we uh i was back in texas we used to play pickup it, it was a sunday so we, we had sunday mm -hmm. pickup. in the afternoon we were playing and it was between i think the first or second we had just started mm -hmm. and the best player in college station dude named rod rod could ball like not like he's pretty good not, i played in college like i could not check rod when he wanted to score, he scored. Kobe was his favorite player. He had a Kobe tattoo on his forearm. Mm -hmm. This dude was Kobe reincarnated in College Station. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, he was, like, 5'8". He was, wasn't big enough to play anyway. Right. But dude loved Kobe. And he had just scored, like, 16 points in the first game. Absolutely cooked me. And we were, you know, between games, waiting to go on next. And someone goes, yo, did you guys see the news? And we're all looking around, like, no. What is it? Kobe's dead. We'll check our phone. I run to it. I start texting everyone I know, like, hey, is this real, real? We sat there in silence for about yeah. an hour in the gym. Yeah. And, you know, people were breaking down in tears. And mm -hmm. it's in that moment that you kind of realize someone who you've never met mm -hmm. can have that much of an impact on your life. And it sucks. My reaction to anything serious is I laugh. I, I can't help it. It's, and this, it's a and serious and character flaw about me. It's like, I'm not laughing at the death. I just, it's, it's just my well, reaction to serious yeah. situations. Everyone else is like, breaking down and I'm trying not to, I'm trying to keep a serious face here. And I felt terrible because then everyone's looking at me like I'm a jerk for just how I react. But I, people, Brad, people were crying in his gym for Kobe who well, they've never met. And he, it just, it's his impact that I don't think will ever be washed off. Well, it's not just the impact. You have to realize what happened, Mikey. What happened was you watched a 17-year-old basically grow up in front of your eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody watched it. You didn't know they, him, but you, you knew him. You cheered for him because yeah. here he is. He's out in L.A. trying to make the most of it, right? Because he was just freewheeling it at first, right? He was the kid yeah. with the afro that was just freewheeling it with Shaq. And then, then through all his trials and tribulations, right, and then his ups and downs, he was just a person trying to get better. Mm -hmm. But you watched him. He was a person. Like you go out to L.A., People feel in LA like he was a part of their family because okay. they grew. They watched him grow up. So you watch 18 years of this, right? You know this person. You feel like you know him. Yeah. And then, wow, here it is. Way day you wake up and he gone. Yeah. And, and with then, and with no and, warning. And then Just, you tell me it's a helicopter accident. I mean, they're flying because the first thing people say, why are you flying a helicopter in a fog? Yeah. Why is the yeah. thing even lifted off? Because yeah. if you've ever been to L.A., you know what that fog looks oh, like. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough, right? And it's tough so I can understand why they didn't see the mountain. Right? That's the problem. The way you lost them. Yeah. It was not supposed to happen like that. Earl? Yeah, man, tough conversation. Uh, I kind of echo everybody else. You know, I grew up with Kobe. I'm, I, I was raised in the Kobe Bryant era. And I remember sitting at home, I was playing Madden with my friends. We was doing the whole franchise mode. And all of a sudden, we started getting these different alerts about, you know, Kobe had tragically died in this helicopter crash. And me and my dudes, man, we are like real goofy, real silly. I have never seen or heard so many grown men sobbing and crying just, yeah. in, just in silence like that. And uh, Jason, what I thought about was, you know, LeBron had just passed Kobe for third all-time on the all-time scoring list. Like the night before. So two the night before. before. Yeah. So there was a lot of uh, montages of Kobe going yep. on, interviews of Kobe's going on. And Kobe had just tweeted probably like six or seven hours before his death, congratulate LeBron on moving yeah. to third. 
And so for him to be going gone so suddenly in the way that he he left here, you know, I told them earlier, it almost felt like when Michael Jackson passed away because his impact across this entire country, both professionally and when it came to sports, it was different. You know, Kobe was a person that I say all the time, be great, but being great comes with a price. He was always willing to pay that price. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing is the person, the humanity, the humanitarian side of this. There was a, a wake and ripple left in the water of this, right? He was a man that had kids, mm -hmm. a family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They saw him in the morning. They saw him and his daughter in the morning leave the place. And a parent, I can only uh, relate to it as a parent, not to see your people come back, Yep. right? You had to feel for that. Mm -hmm. If you had any humanity, you had to feel for that, right? No matter what you thought, yep. right? You had to feel for it because it's something you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy because it's just tragic. And there was all, and I do want to, there was, I think, eight other people that yes. passed the plane yes. crash. And it's not just Kobe and Gigi who remember on this day. It's the other eight who had families. families. They were children and parents involved. So, you know, our thoughts and prayers. And he was just trying to do the right thing. Like, listen, I wanna, we might as well jump on the helicopter and get over here to the thing. Clear day, up and down. That's Easy what point. it is. Uh, last, last thing with Kobe, then we'll move on real quick. But... Did you guys see the Redeem Team documentary on, on Netflix that came out earlier this year? Or I guess last year? I started to watch it. I don't think I finished there it. There are some phenomenal Kobe moments in that that were never have never been seen before. And it was it was the 2008 Olympics because mm -hmm. they lost yeah, in 04 to Argentina. Yeah. yeah, so 08. Some awesome and, – and there's a lot of LeBron-Kobe interaction in that. Highly – high. it's on Netflix. Highly, 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 highly recommend it to A – just reminds you of some of the interactions that these players had mm -hmm. to see Kobe in 2008 when he was back in, you know, peak Kobe and stuff that you've never seen Kobe say before. He says in this, um, and it, it's it's really good. And it reminded me of how freaking awesome Kobe was when when he was with us. What's up? All right, last last thing before we move on. I need talking cats next too. So everybody's favorite uh, Kobe Bryant moment. I got plenty, but the first thing that just popped is that, in my is that head overtime? Was, is that overtime? No, no, that's his legacy is overtime. Okay. We talking moment right now. It's plenty to pop in my head, but the first one I thought about was the uh, no flinch. When yeah. Doug Christie tried to get him to uh, flinch with the ball, he showed him, and he had ice water in his veins. He ain't scared of him. Favorite Kobe moment. This is recency bias. I just saw this on Twitter this morning. But do you remember the ESPN commercial where Jalen Rose walks into the bar and Kobe's sitting at a sitting at a table by himself. He's like, "What's up, Jalen?" And the wait waiter goes, "What are you drinking?" And Kobe goes, "I have a martini, with eighty-one olives, please." And then Jalen just laughs. Y'all seen that commercial? No, no. I don't remember it. I'll no. say it's, it was awesome. I literally saw it this morning, and I was like, "You know what? That's, that's an all-time Kobe moment." And shout out Jalen Rose for playing along with that too. But that was a great Kobe moment. Well, Even it's hard stage. to it's hard to pick one. Uh, what did he score in his last game? Sixty. Sixty-two. I uh, think it was sixty or sixty-two. I think that's that's where my mind goes first for all the great things he did. Just ending it that way and going out like that, and just man, he <laughs> actually what <laughs> shooting free throws with a blown Achilles. Awesome. Yeah. Like there's so there's so many Kobe moments. That's incredible. Yeah. You get up, blow your Achilles, get up, stand there, shoot the free throws, and walk off the floor. Dudes get dragged off. They get carried off when they blow their. The quells in a damn scooter, and we got Kobe out here shooting free shooting throws. Shooting free throws. That's incredible, man. Brad? I just say, you know, my, my moment is this. I, I just remember the kid with the afro, right, and, and when he was with Shaq, right? The alley-oop? And the alley-oop to Shaq. But he was just a kid that was just playing, right? He was, 
I don't think he even really knew what it was, what it was, right? He was just, I just love to play. That's the thing I remember about him. He just loved to be in the mix, right? And he had a um, air about him that was about straight business when we hit this floor. He didn't care who you were. Yeah. And that's what I can appreciate about him. Mm. We're going to do way more Kobe in overtime. He, he deserves more than just 15 minutes. But we do got some Cavs news we got to get to today. Right, Earl? Yeah, man, we got definitely got some Cavs to talk about. So we are in Houston. We in H-Town tonight. Um, we all know what's going on with Donovan Mitchell. You know, he played that game against New York. Seems to have re-injured the groin. At this point, and we all know the Cavs are, are having their issues right now. But at this point, should we just rest Donovan Mitchell until he's 100% healthy? Jason, I'd shut him down for two weeks. I, would I, I wouldn't have brought him back the first time. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, and, and I understand. Here, the player is going to be the person that always tells you, I'm feeling good. Right. I'm ready to go. Right. Sometimes somebody has to be the adult in the room and say, ah. And I think they I, did I, that. I think they felt like they were being cautious by holding well, three him days. Game. But I'm saying the problem is if I, if I and this is nothing against because here I see all this hate going on in JB in town here. I'm going to stop you there. Right. Yeah. Right. Real I didn't life. say that. No, not you. <laughs> you looked at, you look you, at me like. But you looking, looking real sensitive here. <laughs> <laughs> I, li I like Debbie. I like Debbie. So everybody relax, right? You know, if you think that you're going to roll JV out of here and roll in the next person that's going to roll him to the front. No, we're missing some pieces. But I will say this. Somebody has to know when you come back, and this is where a seasoned staff with you tells you this. The downside is if I re-injure this, a groin can be troublesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. It can be very troublesome. So even though you're feeling good after three games, maybe I take three more, right? And then, and then when I bring you back, I'm not bringing you back to 40 minutes, 39 and 38 minutes. I'm not yeah. doing that, right? <coughs> you're on a pitch count today, right? Because I'm going to bring you back slowly because I've got to err on the side of caution. And sometimes I get it. The player tells you he's ready to go. He or she's ready to go. Time is of the essence. We're losing a, game, a couple games. We feel like we can get a win, right? He's going back to his home. He wants to play in New York. I got yep, that. Yep. Somebody's got to be, hey, this is not what we're doing here. Not what we're doing here. And so that's where we have to relax. And so for me, I'm shutting it down. You're down for a little while, right? Because I know he wants to play in this all-star game. Oh, yeah. Back yeah. in Utah. It's yeah. in Salt Lake City. Yeah. I'm shutting this down. Yeah. And guess what? It's only going to help the others get better. Because now, Mobley, here's your time. Yep. You come on. Yeah. Darius, you come on. And then I'll tell you this other thing playing 11 people, stop that. We're not playing 11 people. I don't care if you came back with injury or not. Well, the bench got eviscerated. But they didn't score in the second yeah. half. Yeah. That was tough. There are very few similarities between myself and Donovan Mitchell. Like, very, very <laughs> few. There are two. We both have played basketball at least once. We both have strained our groin playing basketball. It took me like two months to get back from that injury. Yeah. And I didn't even play. I also, I kind of, it. I just milked it because we were in the middle of the practice and I wasn't playing a lot. So I was like, yeah, you know, rehab's better than practicing. But it hurt like a you know what. And I'm, once again, that's where the similarities between me and Don Mitchell end. He's an alien. I'm a person. All NBA players are aliens, by the way. Like, Brad, you're seven feet tall. I'm five foot nine. Like, we're built different. Like, you're a different species than me in that sense. <laughs> All those NBA dudes are. So I'm sure he recovers way faster. All I know is the only reason these games matter are for playoff seeding. Right. Potentially getting that home court advantage. But guess what? Brooklyn's without Kevin Durant right now. Mm -hmm. They're 
free falling is not the right word, but they've lost four or five without Durant in the mm -hmm. lineup. Milwaukee's struggling to get back into the routine mm -hmm. of things with reincorporating Middleton. Drew Holiday's been in and out. Giannis missed five games. Donovan, the Cavaliers need you for the postseason so much more than they need you for any of these next right. upcoming well, games we'll we'll until the post until the All-Star break, excuse me. And even if you don't get that top four seed and you have to play on the road, you have a chance to beat any of those top four teams yeah. if you're healthy. If you're half healthy with a strained groin, zero chance. We've got to get you healthy. And then the Cavaliers, I think, have to, they have to, they have to resolve the, the three position at the small four. They have to resolve that. It's Isaac Crow's right. birthday. You're not right. singing his praises today? No, no, listen here. I, I, I like he plays hard. I still got to resolve. He's not, I got to resolve the, the issue at three. Him or Camelo Anthony right now? Huh? Oh, I already told you what to do. I, 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 it, it's and anybody has been in this game as long as I've been in. It's very clear. I don't need a go-to guy at the three. I just need a guy that's a threat. That's what I need, yeah. a real threat, right? And the guys who are playing at the three, nice as they are, they're not threats down this. They maybe they're not threats at the end of the game. Akira's been playing much better of late, though. I didn't say he wasn't playing better. I'm saying here, you want my team to be better. Yeah, fair. All right. Listen, I've been around this game long enough to know this, right? Yeah. Here's the deal. And I'm not playing for, I'm not buying for a 10-year run. I'm not getting 10 years out of Carmelo Anthony. I'm getting a year out of him. I don't think they view him as a wing anymore. He's not a guy who can play the three anymore. I just need a guy that can put the ball in a bucket that somebody's scared of. Yeah. Because at the end, are they scared of Okoro? No, nobody is. Are they scared of, of uh, Stevenson? Lamar Stevens? No. I mean, Stevens? Are they, are, they, are they scared of? Who are they scared of? Jetty. Are they scared of Jetty? Are they? Dean Wade. Dean Wade. I'll keep listening to him. I'll, Mama Diake. All I'll do is turn you to the end of the Memphis game. I, I'm not saying you're the end wrong. Of the end of the Memphis game, so you're not right. everybody ran to who? Darius Garland. Yep. They could have given you the shot and said, take the shot. I don't care. I would have made it for the record. For, right. for Mobley, you got three weeks to the All-Star break. I don't think it's out of the question you just shut him down to the All-Star break. Now, it being in Salt Lake does complicate things a little bit. Yes, he's going to want to play in that All-Star game. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's very important. Yes, he is. Can you keep him out three weeks and then let him return for that? That's not a good look optics-wise. Mm -hmm. That's why I'd shut him down for two weeks. See what's happening. See where he's at. Don't let him pick up a basketball for two weeks and let this thing heal. Well, they play Houston tonight. Then they play OKC. Oklahoma City on Friday. And they're home. I don't know who they play. They, they but they have a day off, then they come home. Yeah. Or two days off, they come home, they play. I'm going to look at the schedule right now. But it should only be right, we got Then we got the Clippers on Ty, Sunday. My buddy Ty's coming back. Yeah. And then my buddy Dan from my, oh, I got to get tickets to that one. Uh, Miami's back in town on I, Tuesday. Those are four games that even without Mitchell, you can win three or four there. Listen, we've been competitive. When we didn't have Darius, I mean, uh, Donovan Mitchell last year, we were competitive in these games. You sat here now. I guarantee you today, even Donovan Mitchell was thinking, did I have to do that? Should I have played like that? Well, it was was a, a, if it wasn't in New York, I don't think he played. I, but, I, I have to imagine it was bothering him until the last five seconds. Yeah. It was probably yeah. fourth quarter. You, you know got what it. I mean? And, then just, and he's it, trying to ignore it. He's trying to play through it. And then at the end. Because when he went down the lane on the last play, he didn't have any hop on it. Right. He didn't have any push on it. Right. No. Right. He, he, said he, went, he said he went for the dunk. If you look at the side angle of that. Yeah, you didn't. He was about to get rim stuffed. Even, yeah. if, even if he did, he got fouled. By the way, did you guys see the two yeah, minute warning before it came out? Uh, they said he got fouled on that, but it, yeah, uh, but, uh, so, I it mean, was not so, going to end pretty. So everybody has to everybody has to think longevity here. What are we doing in the best interest, right? And so here's the story. And plus, this, the downtime it gives the others a chance to get better. Yeah. Right. 
I need I need Mobley. I don't need you to be the 38 point guy every day. Be the 18. But I, but I need you to play with that energy and effort that you gave me in the 38. Yeah. Now, right? I need that on a consistent basis. Not going it's not going to always translate to 38 points. Yeah. But you have so much more to give. And the other thing I tell people, stop trying to make him more than he is, right? Mobley? Yes. Just do what you do best. So we talked earlier real quick, Brad, and I want Jason to start with this. I want you to re- rebut it. We all think there's an extra level to what Miles Garrett has to offer, even though we've seen an elite defensive player in Miles Garrett. You are convinced there's a next level for Evan Mobley. 100%. Brad, you don't necessarily agree with that. But I, want, I, want J- I want Jason to start, then well, we'll, we'll let Brad review. When we were talking about this the other day, Kevin Durant's name came up as the comp, and I didn't say it in the moment, but I, I don't think that's a fair comp for, for Evan. It's not. I, I think it's Chris Bosh and Anthony Davis. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for out of Evan, more so than Kevin Durant. That's who I think. Bosh, maybe it's the left-handed bias, but the way he can defend, the way – and I do think Evan will get there as a three-point shooter. It's not there yet. It's not coming as fast as I think they had hoped it would. But I do think he'll get there. I think it's in his. I think it's in there to get it out of him. And I, I if you, if he turns into Chris Bosh, I'll take that every time. Well, is that I, a more fair comparison in your mind? I think uh, here the comparison is not quite. He's a mixture of Bosh and Anthony Davis. He, Bosh can score better than 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 Evan Mobley can. Fact. Right now, he, he, no, no, no. There's a basic skill set, Jason, that is not going to change. He can score better than than Anthony. I mean, than than Evan Mobley. Right, I think uh, Evan Mobley is more defensively athletic than Boss. Right, and I just think there's a there's a zone in here where he is. This is who he is. He's not Durant. Stop telling him to bring the ball up. What, what are you? I'm doing? not telling him. No, but I'm just saying you <laughs> see it. Everybody, tell, I don't this, here. You can get better at it, but that's not your bread and butter. Your bread and butter is in this paint here. This is where your bread and butter is. Defensively, I like when you, you you're on the glass. You're grabbing. If I can go to you in the post, mid-range, you kill somebody like that. Kevin McHale used to kill people, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't trying out there doing all this other stuff. He like, I'm killing you with this. Yeah. This is where I'm killing. This is where I'm getting all this money made right here. Now, Evan Mobley, the good side is he's only in his second year. He's got a lot of bandwidth here. Is he 21 yet? Is he still 20? I don't know. I'd have to look. He's right in that. I think he might have just turned 21. I'll have to look. He's got the greatest upside here. Yeah. But you, I'm going to just tell you, you can ruin somebody trying to make them something that they're not. Yeah. Instead of developing what you have. No, that, that's valid. <laughs> it's not, and I do think we all want to see more from Mobley. Yes. And we all maybe expected a little more of a jump so far. But I do think when you put it in the totality of this Cavs situation, bringing in Mitchell, you have Darius Garland, who's a ball. He's, he's not a shoot first point guard, but he's a guy that needs the ball in his hands to be successful. He's a good spot of shooter. But then also... You have Jared Allen, who's taking yeah. part of the pick and roll. So those lobs that some of these centers get 15 times a game, like you look at Dallas, for example, those bigs aren't scoring in the post. They're getting easy dump-offs from Luka. There's two of them on Cleveland to split that production yeah. from. So, so let, me tell you, let me tell you what I see from Mobley, right? What I want to see out of Mobley is him to be more greedy, right? Yeah. When I say greedy, it's this. You demand your space here. You demand they recognize you're here. If you go to the post and you don't drop that ball to me in the post, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Drop that ball to me, right? Because I'm going to drop it to you when you're on the wing and you open, right? Be more demanding. You have to demand Dar- That's exactly what Darius said the other after his 38 yeah, he point said game. That. Darius he, said, I want him to be mad if he, he didn't get 15 He has to be greedy. Yeah. But 
Can you you know, Jason, I don't think anybody has ever told him he has to be greedy because this is not high school. The, the thing about the pros is just this. I don't know. We're about to end here. The thing about the pros is this. It is an antithesis of what college and high school was, right? Yeah. We play together. Mm -hmm. We share the basketball. That's how it works. When you get to the pros, and it took me years to figure out, and by the time I figured out, it was too late. Yeah. That that's not how you play in this league. That's the key to what you said, though. You did learn. It yeah. took a while, but you did learn. We got to hope Mobley learns a little faster than Brad. Uh, Jason, <laughs> this is your first time ever. Four days in a row on UCSS. Are you sick of us yet? I'm out of water. I'm parched. I need another water. <laughs> Earl, phenomenal job back there. Brad, Yes. way to kill it today. Way I to be our veteran you. presence. I think... I don't know if you got 82 up, but yeah, you certainly got, got your shot attempts. Man, I got my attempts. Tomorrow. <laughs> I'm happy. Albert Breer makes his UCSS debut. I'm Maryland Terrapin happy. That's how happy Kobe I am. For the win. And he made, made it. Made it. Genuinely, you didn't say Kobe, though, so didn't count. It was underhand. Underhand, yeah. Hey, great, great show. Tomorrow's Friday. Albert Breer. Hopefully, G. Bush. Adam the Bull, Jay are back. If not, yeah, I'm done. You don't it's call the Ghostbusters me. squad. Done. We'll make it work again. Earl Anthony, great job. Director Street, great job. Overtime, Kobe's legacy. We'll see you in a few minutes. We out. Good show.